And welcome, welcome, welcome to Tuesday and the Ides of March, the 15th of March, the middle of March, the day in 44 BC when Julius Caesar was warned, beware the Ides of March. And he didn't really pay attention, didn't surround himself with enough protection, and he got stabbed. A bunch of senators ganged up on him and killed him. That's why we have the beware the Ides of March. And Caesar looking at Brutus and saying, at two, at two, Brute. I know, it's uh, ancient history, literally ancient history. But there is other history on this day back in the day. Maine joined the Union, number 23 in terms of states. And that was made possible by the Missouri Compromise. 1820, Maine joined the Union. 1869, the Cincinnati Red Stockings known today as the Cincinnati Reds, became the first professional baseball team. So they were number one. In 1956, Julie Andrews and Rex Harrison opened in My Fair Lady on Broadway, and that ran for like six years and made both of them massive stars as they transitioned into the film world as well. 1965, in New York City, the very first TGI Fridays opened in New York City, in Manhattan, on 63rd Street and 1st Avenue on the east side. I haven't been to New York in so long, I don't know if it's still there. I wonder. I wonder if there's a lot of flair there, too. You know what I'm talking about. In 1972, The Godfather opened in movie theaters. And it's one of those films that, while I get it, it's a great film, I don't think it's the greatest. I have a list of other films I consider greater, like Casablanca and uh, a few other Hitchcock films that I love, like North by Northwest and Psycho. Let's face it, Hitch was a, a master as well. 1980, Mickey D's test marketed something called Chicken McNuggets. They were test marketing Chicken McNuggets in Knoxville, Tennessee, the test was so successful, the McNuggets were so popular, Mickey D's had to look for other companies to supply them with the chicken nuggets. That's your uh, quick look back on this day in history. Uh, overnight, I'm sure you've kept up with what's going on in uh, Ukraine with the Russians bombing the capital and some of the other cities. Still doesn't look too great for Russia's three-day plan. Tomorrow will be day 21. That's three full weeks. So I'm wondering if China's going to actually bail out Putin. And Joe Biden has announced he's going to head over to NATO next week. Not today, not tomorrow, not later this week, but next week. And God knows the Ukrainian thing might be over by then. Russia may have completely collapsed Ukraine. But how many more people have to die? How many more cities have to be turned to rubble? Just wondering. Just wondering. I, I guess Joe's got to stay home and uh, keep telling us that something else is responsible for high gas prices other than his policies, because that's what he's doing. Maybe we'll play that supercut a little bit later in the show. Uh, a couple other things that are worth noting. China says uh, COVID is spiking now and they are doing lockdowns for 51 million people. In a bunch of different cities, 51 million people now in lockdown. Now, that's not much in terms of the Chinese population. They're like 1.7 billion. So 51 million people is nothing. But here, 
that would be about one-fifth or one-sixth of the country. So it's kind of a big stinking deal. Uh, Costco has run out of emergency food supply kits. And we're not talking about small backpacks of uh, supplies for survival. We're talking about pallets. Anywhere between $2,000 and $6,000, three months, six months, five-year survival kits. Costco's out of them. Crazy, right? Yes, it is. A couple other things that are crazy. MSNBC actually admitting they thought about bringing back Keith Olbermann to replace Rachel Maddow because she's kind of taking herself out of the equation these days. I guess she's tired of it. Also crazy, Pete Davidson. Not him. He's not crazy. But it sounds crazy to me that he's going up into space on Blue Origin. I think if you're going into space, you ought to go for more than a 10-minute flight. You ought to go into orbit or go to the International Space Station. But, you know, Russia is making that difficult, too. Dolly Parton said no thank you to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dolly Parton was nominated to join the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the the members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whatever academy, I guess, would be voting. And she said, no, I don't belong there. And I don't want to take votes from anyone else who is nominated. What a classy broad, right? Very classy. Well done, Dolly. Uh, before we get into our, our regular Tuesday visit with Jim Stovall, I want to play a couple of clips, and uh, they're they're disturbing, to me anyway. They seem troublesome to me. The first one is from the woman who can't seem to make any sense or get anything right or do anything, Kamala Harris. Yeah, I know, I'm picking on her again, but when you hear it, you'll know why. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. So we stand firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Only Ukraine is not in the NATO alliance. So we can't stand firmly with Ukraine in the NATO alliance. The weird part of this is after this, uh, this little flub, the official transcript added a word, even though Kamala never said it. If you read the official transcript from that moment, the transcript says we stand with Ukraine and in the NATO alliance, saying that we stand and, so not just with Ukraine, but with Ukraine and the members of the NATO alliance. They had to add that, and they didn't tell anybody that they added it. It's just in there, which means they're trying to rewrite the history. The other weird thing happened actually yesterday. A lot of people didn't notice it. Nancy Pelosi had a press conference, and if I didn't know better, I would have asked for her to be uh, tested, you know, breathalyzer, something like that. This was Nancy Pelosi talking about Ukraine and Zelensky's request for a no-fly zone. You know that we can't go there. Uh, the, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. 
uh, Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens chem use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. So they know that we can't, but it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more, let's, if we can't have an, if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. So if we can't have a no-fly zone, we need our own. It really doesn't inspire confidence, but then she was asked for more clarification. So if you didn't think that was weird or bizarre, there was more clarification that only created more confusion, I think. This morning he was less on the, on the ask for the, um, uh, the policy, more on let us do it help us get the planes. But also, there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that, that those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, yeah, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military strategist. No. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place, I hope, you asked me how, I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to Ukraine, the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill for Poland. And then she walked away. I think she realized she had dug herself so deep into a hole that she really shouldn't be taking any more questions and should be moving on. I wish she would be moving on. I truly do. That was just bizarre, especially when she was talking about the tanks and, and things got really weird. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place, I hope, you asked me how, I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've yes, been trained on. Yes, we know, we know, we know. Just Kooky. And tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, Zelensky will be addressing a joint session of Congress. I hope he doesn't have to take any questions from Nancy Pelosi because they will obviously be just babbling. Just throwing that out there. All right. I got to get away from her. She's going to make me nuts. Uh, let's get into our, our regular visit. We need some inspiration. Let me uh, let me get him on the horn here. Our buddy Jim Stovall with a little winner's wisdom here on the Pure Pelka podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Mike here with our friend, Jim Stovall, the man behind the uh, Narrative Television Network, which helps blind people appreciate television and movies. And he's written so many books, dozens and dozens of books. He's a great motivational speaker. And each week puts out a winner's wisdom column that we talk about here so you can get a little vitamin, a little positive vitamin and a lesson to maybe help your world be a little better. And uh, I also get to pick Jim's brain on subjects that, that tickle my fancy. So, Jim, welcome back. Are you ready to have your brain picked? Well, whatever you can find, you can certainly have access to, yes. <laughs> That's usually a line you would use on me. Uh, something about if I could find anything bouncing around in that head of mine. Absolutely, yes. That's a role reversal day here on the Ides of March. Uh, Jim, yesterday there was a huge announcement in the world of music. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations are out. 
And uh, Dolly Parton has asked the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to take her name off the list, off the ballot. She does not want to be a part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, I, I get it. I understand it. But I also, um, I also wonder, because Elvis, Johnny Cash, the Everly Brothers, there are about a half a dozen country-ish artists who made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Dolly saying, no, thank you, surprised me, but it also felt like the most Dolly Parton thing she could do. What say you? Well, you know, uh, I've crossed paths with her a couple times trying to get some movies made and still would love to work with her in a film in just any capacity. She she is a star. There are people who are performers or actors or musicians, and then there are people that are just, they're a star. And that's what they are, and she is one of those. She has that whole... Uh, she has the talent, certainly, and the credibility, but she also has that intangible thing she has that uh, people just like her. And I I find her to be really, really amazing. Uh, you know, I was a little surprised. You know, I mean, Elvis kind of started rock and roll. The Everly's brothers certainly were top 40 in that. And Johnny Cash had his deal. He's probably the the closest to, you know, considered a straight country guy that made it. And... You know, I was a little surprised they picked her, but having picked her, I I was a little surprised she didn't go and, uh, you know, take the honor. But, uh, you know, I, I respect her uh, country roots, and she felt like she needed to do that, I guess. I, I, uh, I think she's amazing, and uh, she's on the board of a company I do some business with, and uh, I'll never forget she comes to her very first board meeting, and... Uh, Boy, it stops traffic. I mean, everybody <laughs> stops and stares at her, and it got quiet, and she said, well, you boys get a good look, and then I guess we'll start our meeting here. And that's pretty much what happened. And um, and it, But the most amazing thing to me was um, this company is located in a resort town, and after the meeting, she takes off, uh, obviously, the wig and puts on sunglasses and a windbreaker and a ball cap, and she was all over town, and people people were right next to her, had no idea they saw Dolly Parton. Oh, that's so funny. That <laughs> they, had, they were totally clueless. Yeah, absolutely uh, clueless. So, you know, you know, people across the Fruited Plain could at any point be standing next to Michael Pelka and not even know it. Most every time that yes. happens, Jim. That's the reality. So I guess Dolly and I have something in common. Maybe the one and only thing we have in common. I, I look at her rejection, and I think it's kind of a gracious thing to do because mm -hmm. in her note, she said to the Hall of Fame, I don't want to take any votes away from someone who really deserves this, you know, someone who's a pure rocker. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's really cool. She thought about everybody else before she thought about herself. And so for that, I give her points. But I wonder... Um, if you're the Hall of Fame, Jim Stovall, if you're the head of the uh, the board, do you take her name off of the ballot? Oh, you probably do. And, uh, you know, and on one hand, she's being humble and rejecting that and, uh, you know, taking the limelight off of herself. On the other hand, you and I are sitting here talking about her today, uh, probably talking more about her than if she'd have accepted the award. So, it, it, you know, it's kind of one of those interesting things. Yeah, it's a brilliant move either way. And I respect her for it, even more than I respected her 
before I knew she had done this. All right, Jim, I don't want to hold you up or take too much of your time here on the uh, podcast. Um, the the um, the winner's wisdom column this week kind of takes us back to the beginning of the year. And I don't make New Year's resolutions. I just try to focus on being better. I set targets, some goals for myself personally and financially, but I don't make resolutions. But this week we're talking about changing resolutions into revolutions. Yes, and it's this time of year when as spring approaches, you know, the vast majority of people realize that 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 New Year's resolution I set just never happened. It just didn't happen. And, uh, you know, and I am like you. The only resolution I have ever set that worked is many years ago I resolved to never set any more resolutions because resolutions don't work. And usually it's I'm going to change my behavior, I'm going to change this habit, I'm going to change my activities. And those kind of things don't work because those are head things. Those are like, you know, hey, I'm going to do this because it's January 1st and everybody's going to ask me what are my resolutions, whatever. What works in human performance and behavior is when we have a revolution and that comes from your heart. That's when you say, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I am going to make this change today, a fundamental change, And because I can see a bigger picture, I can see a goal, not because it's January 1st or, or, or not because, uh, you know, your spouse thought so, or your brother-in-law or your neighbor. You know, the, the biggest thing we have to have when we have a goal is we've got to own it. It's got to be ours. You can't reach somebody else's goal. It's hard enough to reach your own. Mm. But uh, to try to reach one because somebody thought you ought to or you should or all that stuff. So, you know, I, I just always encourage people, uh, you know, skip the, skip the resolutions. They don't work. It's once a year. It's gone. But uh, the important thing is to examine your life. And any day you want uh, is the magic day. And you can decide, today I am starting a revolution. And, you know, we all have dreams and goals and ambitions and things we want to be and do and have in this life. And the minute you go into that little voting booth in the middle of your soul that only you and God know about and think of the biggest dream you ever had and vote for yourself, that's the day when you start a revolution. And somebody listening to us now will probably do that today. And 20 years from now, you'll remember this day. You won't remember me, won't remember Mike, you won't remember anything, but you'll remember that's the day I said yes to the big dream. Because as soon as we vote for ourselves in that little voting booth, we find out that uh, God voted for us a long time ago. Hmm. Dreams and goals and ambitions would never have been put inside of us if we didn't have the capacity to achieve them. And I'm not talking about, wouldn't it be nice if I was a billionaire? Wouldn't it be nice? No, I'm talking about that that revolutionary, I am going to do this in my life because it's worthy of me and my best efforts. And that's the kind of revolution I'm talking about that uh, really replaces anything that happens New Year's with a resolution. Such great stuff there, Jim, and so many great points. I, I know you talk about the revolution within each one of us, but it is our choice to do it. And that's probably the most important thing that when you go into that, I love this concept now, the voting booth in your soul that has been placed there by a much higher authority who has also given you the seeds of those ideas and dreams and things you can achieve and things that you know you should do. 
Um, I refer to this uh, heretofore or before today, not as a revolution, but as a pivot, a pivot point. Yeah. And I go back and look at pivot points in my life, and I think, uh, yeah, I made a revolutionary change in the direction of my life. Each and every time I hit one of those pivot points. And I don't think I've ever looked back on a pivot point or on a revolutionary change. I think I've always said I did the right thing there. Uh, because if, if you didn't, obviously you would have had to change again. But uh, right. th this is such an important but simple concept. And I go back to it. Don't beat yourself, up, beat yourself up if your resolutions didn't last past January 10th or 5th or 1st. But the revolutions can last a lifetime. And they ultimately, in my opinion, and I'm sure based in, in your column here, that they are um, permanent usually and they are more important than a resolution. Right. And, and then those big dreams, we always have the capacity to do those because that's how we were created. I mean, when you look at how you treat your own kids or your loved ones and they get up in the morning and you say, would you like pancakes or, or scrambled eggs? And they say, I really want the scrambled eggs. Well, we don't have that. Well, no, you don't do that. I mean, <laughs> you give them an option that is on the table, that is possible. Well, all the dreams, the things we want to do and be and have, if they're deep down in our soul at that revolutionary level, they're possible. So the question is never can we. The question is will we, and the future hangs in the balance. I'm taking that line, too. The question is never can we, but will we in the future? And Jim always says uh, there's no day like today to make that change happen. Today's, right. you, always, you always say today's the day. Right. And I've stolen that from you. Well, good, and and I mean, you know, I, I you know, people think plagiarism is a is a, for, a form of flattery. I mean, in your case, uh, uh, thievery is is a good thing. So, <laughs> well, I'm not monetizing I, it, Jim. I didn't put it on a T-shirt or anything. No, no, I think it's great if you want to. You know, I think it's great. I, you know, I I've never taken ownership of anything. You know, I, I've just always believed that there's this wisdom out there that we all can tap into, and it's for all of us anytime. Well, I'm with you on that, and I'm with you every week on the Winter's Wisdom column. Jim Stovall, uh, you are a gem, and I appreciate you, and I want everybody to go to jimstovall.com today. Make the choice to join your own private revolution inside yourself. And go to that little voting booth. Don't mail in the vote. Go down there to your soul and get in that voting booth. Thank you, my friend. Be well.